0: Welcome to the Go All In Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Bruss, and today on the show, we have Dr. Nima Ramani. Nima is both a chiropractor and an educator, and he specializes in helping individuals and professionals get to the root cause of their physical and emotional challenges. And he takes them from being stressed, depressed, and anxious to living powerfully and aligned and on purpose. Let's get started. (laughs) everyone. I trust you well and that your family and business are doing okay in these crazy COVID pandemic times. Well, it's been quite a work in progress, but I'm glad to say that the brand new Go All In website has finally relaunched and I've turned it into the go-to place for startups and entrepreneurs. Not only can you access the Go All In masterclass, get booked on a podcast and get me to help you directly to launch your own podcast, but I'll be adding a number of trusted partners to the platform and to the hub that will be sharing their content in an OBS, easy to access way. Forget all the gurus and the wannabe Gary V's out there. The Goal In Hub is the place where real businesses come to learn how to grow and scale. And I'm excited to be bringing this to you. So pop on over to goalin.com.au to check it out and let me know what you think. I'd love to hear your feedback on the brand new website. Now if this is your first time here at the Goal In Show, welcome. It's great to have you here and if you're back for more, welcome back. We love our repeat offenders here at Goal In Podcast. Before we get into the show, just take a little peek at your phone and hit the subscribe button on the app that you're listening in on. And if you're watching this on YouTube, just scroll down and hit the subscribe button there as well. And don't forget to ring the bell, that way you'll always have some motivation and some Goal In love right there in your pocket. Lastly, if you like what you hear today, please share this episode with your friends and family. Dr. Nima has a really important message to share, and he's got a pretty epic story as well. And if we can help just one or two people to break through their barriers and to get unstuck, then Nima and I would have done our job here on the Goal End podcast today. Alrighty, let's get into this. After building a successful chiropractic practice, Dr. Nima sold his clinic in June of 2016 to pursue his passion for teaching and coaching professionals who were stressed out, depressed and anxious, and he helps them to transform and to have their best year ever. Dr. Nima helps people who are stuck in toxic relationships, experiencing career limbo, or dealing with emotional trauma to overcome their anxiety and create powerfully aligned relationships by deepening their connection with the most important person of all, themselves. Nima will teach you how to become trigger-proof, and I'd love to learn how to do that, and we're going to learn that today. And he'll teach you how to go from relationship stress and anxiety to relationship intimacy and love. I'm excited he's here, so please help me in welcoming Dr. Nima Rahami. Dr. Nima Rahmani, welcome to the Goal in podcast. It's great to have you here, mate.
1: I am really excited to have this conversation. I love your energy already.
0: Awesome. Good one. Well, this is uh, one of my absolute favorite topics to discuss, and uh, the audience is in for a real treat today, and I'm looking forward to getting into all of that. But before we do that, let's get to know you a little bit. Why don't you just share with us uh, where you're from and... How long have you been doing what it is that you do? Because you're a chiropractor and you had a bit of a a shifting careers and some little different things going on there. I'm interested to know where it all started for you.
1: Yeah, it all started when I was 13 and I had my first chiropractic adjustment. I was like, that's it. We're getting to the root (laughs) cause of my issue. I've had headaches and hip pain, digestive problems all this time. And I've been going to, you know, medication and doctors and just with the ability to adjust the spine and regulate the nervous system all of a sudden i feel incredible and so i was 13 and i'm like i want to be a chiropractor so fast forward i finished chiropractic school at the age of 25 and i set out to into the world with this amazing uh, desire to to help and to be uh of service and to use these skills and um About five to 10 years into my practice, I realized that people are not, um, some people just don't get better, no matter what. And my ego didn't like that at all. Mm. And so I found patterns. If you've spent 10,000 hours doing something, you start to become a little proficient at it. And after about 10-15 years, I was like, there's a pattern here. The people who are stuck on a story on a victim story of their past through no faults of their own it's not a conscious thing it's just they're holding on to an emotional injury that hasn't been resolved a trauma a grief a resentment they just don't get better it's like they're carrying they're trying to climb a mountain with a with a you know rock full of backpack uh, a rock backpack full of rocks and so it was this one time where I lost a patient because she died of a heart attack after a few months. I, 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 she had this long story of suffering. And I was just like, after I lost her, I was like, all right, I really didn't teach my patients enough about how to get well, how to empower themselves, how to change their narrative. So I created this workshop about in 2009 in my office in Maple Ridge, British Columbia. It's called life skills for a stressful world. And so I taught my clients these principles that I've been learning from John Martini, Byron Katie. Uh, John's b- pretty big in Australia, I'm sure. Have you gone to the breakthrough?
0: Have I've never been to one, but I've seen so much content. Yeah, I'm a big fan too. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, he's he was kind of my 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 main kind of mentor, and I just just doing his own work to help me deal with. You know some of the low self esteem and bullying that I went through with racism growing up was really helpful, but I never imagined that I would be actually using that and 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 and, and you know trans, translating that to my my patients and needing the opportunity ever getting the opportunity to. So when I started creating those workshops about twelve years ago, life skills for a stressful world, uh, eleven years ago, I was just mind blown at the fact that the patients that came in and learned how to resolve their inner conflicts, how to heal some of those old emotional wounds, um, they just got better faster Mm. and they stayed better longer. And truth be told, I didn't want to work with people unless they had that information. I just, I didn't, I, I enjoyed those Saturday morning workshops that I gave for free to my patients <laughs> far more than I did on Mondays so slowly to make a long story short that Saturday morning workshop became a three-day live event and a 90-day kind of online program over the years it's developed and now I, I lead a global community of self-healers from Africa to Australia, New Zealand, um, Singapore, Sweden, Canada, United States, and even South America, and so, in and Europe, I'm, and, and now I teach people how to regulate their nervous systems uh, so that they can actually have healthy relationships because our inability to adapt to stress, to become resilient, to have the capacity to handle our own triggers, we become reactive and we destroy intimacy, create yeah. toxic codependent relationships that keep happening again, and like patterns that keep happening, arguments that keep happening, dating the same person, different haircut, and it all comes down to unresolved grief and attachment wounds, and so now I help people heal their attachment traumas so that they can uh, regulate their nervous system, self-regulate, and then create healthy family family environments because I stand
0: for healed families. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Beautifully beautifully articulated. And you've told that story many times, I can tell. And uh, <laughs> it's very impactful for the first time hearing it. Um, so, it's, yeah, it's really great. And kudos to you for what you do to, to help as many people as you do as well. That's a really important thing that's happening out there in the world. I'm interested to know, um, you, you see as a chiropractor as in your practice, you see people with physical injuries and oh, I've got a sore back or something's wrong, something's not right. Does that has that manifested as a result of somebody's emotional pain or somebody's emotional problems? I mean, injuries happen all the time. You slip and fall over and you get hurt. That's a physical injury. But yeah, were you seeing a large percentage of those things manifesting physically because of emotional problems? Where?
1: Big time, big time. And uh, and Bruce, uh, uh, like Robert, uh, the the telltale sign is okay. So let's say you bend and pick something up and tweak something. Okay. That's easy. You know, you have pain shooting down one aspect of the leg. There's usually an emotional component to it, especially if it's a central issue. If you have a problem down, if you say, oh, I have both knees are bothering me, the chances of it being a knee issue are very slim. If you have both feet, if you have both arms, both elbows, or it's something in the center, (laughs) you want to look at central Meaning central nervous system. It's something going on that is emotional. Uh, It's not a peripheral issue. And usually, especially with people with chronic problems, if you're not able to speak up because of a fear of rejection, you don't set boundaries, you say yes all the time. Uh, because you don't want to you know, disturb the peace or upset or your fear, your fear of somebody's affection being pulled away, then you're going to have your physiology start to break down or you create some sort of a catastrophe, a physical ailment that stops you when you don't know how to speak up for yourself. So I, I saw this pattern happening again and again and again. So, I decided, uh, yeah, I got to teach people how to get to the root cause. And it all came back to uh, emotional injuries from primary attachment wounds that mm. then get manifested in relationships.
0: Yeah, really interesting. I wanted to share um, something maybe a little bit funny with you. Uh, and maybe as the, the chiropractic doctor on the other end of the call, uh, you might cringe a little bit. Uh, but many years ago, I was in the Australian Army as a paratrooper. And uh, when, when I learned to static line parachute, that was all pretty pretty okay or you know it's pretty hard on your body but as a young bloke you're okay you can kind of deal with it you know it's like playing a really hard game of football a couple of times in one day uh and you know that's part of being an infantry soldier that's what it is and as my career progressed i was lucky enough to be posted to the australian army parachute school and i got um, selected to go on the military free fall course and when you first start jumping you don't realize what's happening this is massive sensory overload but i think i must have been about Maybe five jumps in when I really started to go, okay, this is not so scary. I'm getting the hang of it. And you would go from literally going from about 270, 280 kilometers an hour, falling flat on your tummy. And you pull your parachute and you would go like this. And you would go from being horizontal, you know, parallel to the earth, to being at a right angle to the earth with your feet pointing down. And the parachute, I don't know if you've ever been skydiving, but the parachute opens um, really slowly when you're under a tandem rig, and that's deliberate. But when you're jumping military rigs in training, the parachute like snaps open really hard. And when I joined the army, I was 184 centimeters. And when I left the army, I was 182 centimeters. And it had like, I can remember, I must have been, I'd finished my free fall course. I'd probably done... 50 jumps or something like that, and I can remember lying in bed one evening thinking, "Oh, gosh, what a hard day! It's good, good to be in bed." I never forget it. It never happened to me before. My shoulders were flat on the back of the bed, and I turned my hips sideways, and my spine went crack, 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 all the way down my spine. I'm like. That never happened before. Is this, like, is this like the airborne back that I've heard of? What What the hell? Yeah,
1: beautiful. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that, Robert.
0: You know what? I'm lucky though, because I have never, I don't have any injuries as a result of it. But I am two centimeters shorter than what I was when I left. So the uh, do, do things like, is that bad for you? I don't know. Or is that just something that... <laughs>
1: It's, uh, it's, it's not great uh, to have that impact and, and it kind of, you might not have the um, impact of it just yet, but we accumulate these, these micro traumas throughout uh, time and if we don't take care of them, like physical injuries, like our emotional injuries, if we don't actually work with them and, and get them adjusted, they usually have a tendency to, 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 sh- to, to rear their ugly heads. Not when things are going great. But usually when you're going through some sort of a stress, right. there, your, your body accumulates that trauma and it leaves a stain on the nervous system. So um, I'm glad that you're doing okay right now and uh, keep, keep up whatever great work that you're doing and I hope that that doesn't come back to bite you later.
0: Yeah, it's uh, uh, what, what I've discovered a little bit is if I'm above 94 kilos, then I start to feel you know, too many weights in the gym. It's a stressor, you know. yeah it's yeah. a stressor
1: exactly so yeah any stressor any time you've had phys- like a phys- that's a physical injury or an emotional one you don't notice it until it gets triggered by something mm. so for you it'll get triggered by uh, you know extra weight uh, you know your emotional your emotional injuries will become triggered as well
0: you're yeah, it's there. really interesting I'm gonna now that I kind of I'm learning that from you here today I'm gonna to keep a closer eye on that to see if it actually does trigger something I know when I'm a when I'm below 90 kilos and I'm sitting around 90 kilos right now if I'm and you know weight's not a measure of anything but it is definitely a measure of how I feel because I feel really good I feel fast I feel lean feels good and I'm sitting around 90 kilos um, and I have no knee pain no back pain no neck pain no no airborne pain is what I call it. Um, and it's, it's a good place to be. So, uh, yeah, but I'm going to get back in the gym in the next couple of weeks because I've had a bit of an injury. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to keep a close eye on that. Nima, that's a, that's a really good start, good place to start in the podcast. So I want to ask you the signature question. People come on over to the go all in podcast to learn more about others that have gone all in, in their lives. If you could, mate, could you please share with us your biggest goal in story or stories and the lessons that you've learned from your commitment to success?
1: Um, <clears throat> my goal all in story is, was this, that one day where uh, I realized that health and healing um, aren't just a structural thing. That's an emotional uh, issue. And I wanted to... Um, address that. I had a vision of teaching people across the world the fundamentals of where health and healing come from, which is self-regulating the nervous system. So five years ago, I went all in. I sold my practice, and then I started to travel and create these workshops. And five years later, here I am with a global community of self-healers teaching teaching people the tools of uh, nervous system regulation and healing their past so that they can have healthier relationships. And that was my first all-in experience was leaving uh, my chiropractic practice. The second one was um, after my last relationship complete breakdown, I knew that um, there was a missing piece, that no matter how much I healed from my past, there was Trauma stored in my body, and it had to do with my attachment wounds with my parents. And so I decided to go all in, and I put my place up on Airbnb, and I literally, at the age of 43, moved back in with my parents (laughs) so that I could actually work through the resentments that that I thought I had forgiven, but that were still within my body. And uh, I went all in and I said, I didn't care whatever it took. I'm ready to create a healthy, secure, attached relationship. Uh, That's not based on codependency. That's not based on insecurity. That's not based on transactional, trying to, um, you know, uh, based on what I could get out of it, but an actual uh, one that was based on mutuality. And when I went all in, within, uh, of healing all of those wounds and getting complete with my family, uh, I found that, um, that person. And now we got married in April and we have a baby on the way in October, like in about a month, a month and a half. So, uh, two things I went all in, in my career, in my vision for myself and, uh, all in, in healing, uh, the attachment wounds. It's one of the most incredible, most, uh, Dr. Daniel Siegel, uh, he's one of my heroes and mentors. He says probably the most uh, worthwhile thing that you can to do is to heal your attachment traumas. And uh, it completely changes your life in terms of anxiety levels, in terms of your relationships and connection to purpose. And I went all in with that.
0: Can you define that for, for me and for the audience what attachment trauma actually means?
1: Absolutely. When we're born, if when a turtle is born – They pretty much can, they're on their own and they're fine. Uh, They fend for themselves. Human beings are the opposite. We're extremely dependent on our primary caregivers for survival, for emotional, for physical needs, roof over our head, food, shelter, and also for emotional attunement. In other words, we need to feel seen and heard and felt. Uh, in order to have our emotional cup filled and to, to learn how to regulate ourselves emotionally, what happens when big feelings come up, depending on the attunement of our primary caregivers, mom and dad, their ability to be complete with their own traumas, their griefs, their resentments their presence and availability emotionally plays a huge role in our lives. And if we didn't have that growing up, what happens is we then um, have big feelings that come up. And if we don't have a parent that that is understanding and is able to uh, really have us feel seen and felt, what happens is, and, and, and we get... Chastised, or we're told, don't cry, we're, we're invalidated for our feelings. We then, what happens is we learn that we learn to abandon ourselves. And if we're punished for our normal expression, we then get a message that who we are for our beingness is not worthy. Mm. And so we adapt by putting on a mask and behaving and being a certain way abandoning ourselves so that we could have approval and love from our caregivers. That is a form of trauma. Trauma can happen, you know, getting hit. Uh, Trauma can happen with neglect, abuse, but essentially the attunement and the emotional kind of intimacy connection that our parents have with us plays a huge role and not having our reality validated is a trauma to a child. And so it causes us to adapt in a wide variety of ways. We start to become codependent in relationships. We become either narcissistic where we're needy of attention and approval externally, Mm. highly, highly um, averse to criticism because our ego is trying to protect that wounded inner child, or we become the opposite. We become codependent. We start to seek other people and then please them and, and be uh, caretakers and rescuers and pleasers because that's what we learned as a child. That's how we got our identity validated. Mm. And so those are two different versions of attachment traumas, attachment to our primary caregivers and unbeknownst to us, that trauma is stored in our body and unconsciously causes us to behave in certain ways in relationships. And so, uh, codependent relationships, uh, the need to fix and please uh getting into the same toxic uh cycles with people uh the same person different haircut Mm -hmm. same kind of uh, patterns uh, are we start to draw in those that are similar of the attachment wounds of our parents to try to help us complete that and we usually just fall short and just jump from one relationship to another this is what was happening to me uh with the same pattern until i learned to rescue and heal the younger part of me that was uh feeling abandoned
0: right it's, it's such as you as you're talking about it explaining that i'm trying to think of it in the parenting context um really interesting you know you will probably say no it's not true but i don't feel like i have any attachment Trauma type things like that in my life because I left home when I was seventeen, and I was straight into the military. And when I think back to my uh, my parents and my childhood and my upbringing, I had a uh, I had an incredible time. My my parents were loving and kind, provided for everything. They were not abusive. Um, they were it was just, it was, it was everything that you could possibly ask for. And as I fast forward into my, uh, my life, I've got older kids. Now, my son is 19. Uh, my other son is about to turn 18 and my daughter is about to turn 14 as well. And when I found out I was having a daughter, uh, <laughs> it was, it was like, ah, what are you talking about? It's like, got a couple of sons. How different could it be? How hard could it be? but I'd never been more wrong about anything in my entire life. And I'm certain that any dads out there listening to this that have had sons first and then had a daughter would agree with that statement because I didn't know that little girls were such emotional creatures. And I had to learn so very much about myself. And my daughter taught me more about myself in just a couple of years, you know, in about five years of her early life than I'd known my entire life. And I had to really listen carefully to what she said and I have to adjust to what she said. And I had to be careful with my words and careful with my actions and not wrap her in cotton wool and have as much fun as humanly possible, but do it in a way that was, feminine and masculine at the same time and then her brothers were there as well so there's that dynamic of it and now that her brothers are quite a bit older you know they're grown up and kind of finishing school one's left home and and finished school is at uni and the other one's about to finish school you know the the daughter is kind of here by herself and teenage girls i thought it was going to get easier but no one told me it's getting harder and all those things that you were talking about all of those things that you just mentioned i'm so unbelievably acutely aware of with my with my words like every time i speak and she seems to go through this phase of oh my god like my dad is like so annoying and he's such a pain and um he always tells me to do things and every time i say something she does the opposite or says the opposite looking trying to pick a fight with me and and i'm really aware that it's at these points I'm at a fork in the road and I feel like I'm at a fork in the road every 15 minutes with her because I can go down there and get angry and say something and scream and shout or I could just be like measured and calm. I'm the adult, you're the child, I'll, I'll deal with it. But I can see what, all the things that you're talking about. I don't really see them in myself. They're definitely there, but I see it more in my behavior with my daughter to try and not create those emotional attachments or those problems uh, as it moves forward with her. It's a really interesting dynamic.
1: Yeah, the kids are designed to bring up stuff within you that you thought was complete and resolved, but she might be bringing up some unresolved wounding with you uh, as, as a younger, like, a for example, the younger part of you that probably, uh, you know, didn't feel seen and heard himself, mm-hmm. right? And so she's bringing that up. Now, you said it right there. You have this fork in the road. You could go either way. Uh, Victor Frankel says, between stimulus and response, there's a space. And in that space lies our freedom to choose and in that choice is our power. Yeah. Um, in that you know in that space is our power to choose. And in that choice lies our freedom, excuse me. And so really you're hitting home the point of what I love teaching now is to become not trigger less but trigger proof so -hmm. that you can take whatever you use that relationship with your daughter as a spiritual practice. So whatever she's bringing up rather than becoming reactive to it, to go inside and start pausing and going, okay, so what's she bringing up for me? She's kind of negating everything I'm saying. She's playing the contrarian. What does that (laughs) have you feel? Kind of like rejected. Ah, just like when, how old do you feel? How old does, uh, does Robert feel ah kind of like when I was a teenager and I would see that ah so your daughter is shining a light to healing up you know a 12 year old version of you Mm. and that is kind of what Dr. Shefali calls conscious parenting that the, the, the parent is not uh the child is not there for you to teach them they're you're they're here to teach you just as much if you're willing to go inside and see what comes up whenever they bring something up. And I look forward to that whole journey, uh, when I'm about to, uh, that, that I'm about to embark on in, within the next few weeks,
0: I look <laughs> forward very, to it. It's a very exciting time. I, I have to say, you know, as you say, they, they are your teacher. I thought, I thought I had this parenting thing nailed. Like my son made it to 19 years old. He's not dead. Um, he's doing pretty well. He's out of home. He's at university. I, tick, I ticked all the boxes um, and I'm like, "I got this, but then every time I find myself you know at that fork in the road with my daughter, um, and it's about your ability you're quite right as you call them triggers, and your ability to control yourself and kind of look inwards about what that is, like, what, why, is why is she so recalcitrant? why is she so cranky. what what is what did I do like? And I think every parent has asked themselves when their teenager has done something like that or has gone through a phase like that. But uh, apparently, I've not finished learning, and apparently, I don't have this. So I've got a little while to run yet, but uh, it's all all in good fun. I think absolutely good fun. Uh, Nima here in Australia, I, I've done a lot of podcasts recently with a with a bunch of different uh, men, and it's a, it's something that I'm I'm deeply passionate about, and and talking about men's mental health and why is it that men don't speak to their partners they don't share with their partners but they'll go out down the pub with their mates and drink a dozen beers and share what they got to share there so i've done a bunch of podcasts that kind of trying to shine the light on, you don't have to go to the pub and do that. You don't have to share it with your partners. There's plenty of groups and plenty of places that you can go where you can kind of express yourself and share your views of the world and to do those things. And it's been a very cathartic experience for me to do that and to share that, especially as a veteran and in that PTSD space, as well as a lot of people that want to know more about that, how to get help and whatnot. But what I found the common thread amongst all of those podcasts that I've done and the conversations that I've had is people, or men especially, seem to spend a lot of time focusing on the past and comparing themselves to other people around them in the present and then not really worried so much about the future. And and I feel like the people that I talk to in these spaces, they seem really stuck to me. It's like, stuck. So everyone's carrying baggage, right? I'm walking around with a little backpack of baggage or whatever, but these guys are walking around with like 15 bags, trying to go to the airport on a holiday with their family, everywhere they go. It's like, man, you've got to let go of some of that stuff. Just leave some of that baggage of the past behind. And what, why is it that men seem to do that? And I wanted to talk specifically to the the male side of it.
1: Um, Yeah. That's the million dollar question. Why is that? Well, you have to understand the word stuck, I want you to kind of uh, superimpose the word trauma there. Stuckness is trauma. Now, we have three states in our nervous system, in our, according to the polyvagal theory, which is um, the states of our autonomic nervous system. We have a place where clearly, as I'm talking to you, I can tell you're here, the ventral vagal. Mm-hmm. This is where the, the, the prefrontal cortex is activated the connection there's oxytocin there's playfulness there's curiosity that is when this state uh in ventral we're up the ladder we feel our social engagement system is activated we're feeling pretty generally good once we get triggered something happens that confronts our nervous system it brings us back because the trauma has been in our body there's physical abuse there's uh PTSD, especially in the military, that kind of thing. Soon as you get in in an activation, your uh, Navy SEALs come to battle. Mm. All right. And that's where you become hyper aroused. You get ready for fight. Uh, You feel this boost of energy and mobilization in order for you to survive this tiger attack. Now this attack. And so what happens is prolong for short term, that works great. But for long term fight or flight, let's say you're going through marital issue. Yeah. Uh, let's say you're going through challenges at work. You're an entrepreneur. You're constantly feeling like in, you're in stress and survival mode. This is not um, sustainable. So what will happen is over time, you will then activate the next level of your nervous system down the ladder called the dorsal vagal. So we have the ventral vagal. Then it goes to sympathetic nervous system. Then what happens is it's kind of like you have this roadmap. When you're in ventral vagal, you have a paper map driving the car. And all of a sudden, the map flies out the window. Now you come to an intersection and you don't know where to go. So you make a turn and now you're even more lost. And you're like, oh, shit, what's going on? I'm lost. I left it back there what the heck's going on? And then you try and make another turn and then you get lost and it's getting further and further. You're going further into sympathetic activation. Finally, you're so overwhelmed and confused. You decide to park along the side of the road and just fall asleep just because you don't want to think about it. You don't want to deal with it. You just want to check out. That's the dorsal vagal shutdown. Mm -hmm. That's when we get stuck. We get in a frozen state. So in that space, your thoughts are all about hopelessness. Your thoughts are about "I'm not worthy of love," "I'm not," you know, uh, freak, I'm, I'm worthless." Uh, I've always been a loser. Like your thoughts are now in alignment with the state of your nervous system. It's not backwards. You don't have the stinking thinking that's causing all of this, this, this internal. Uh, disruption it's the internal disruption and alarm that's in the body that's creating our thoughts to be in alignment with our state so to try and talk our way out of it and i say ah come on robert come on mate just get over it just let it go Mm. never works what happens is those past traumas are in our body And no amount of talk therapy or talking it out Mm -hmm. isn't going to remove that state from the nervous system. It must be resolved. You must show those younger parts of the past that you're safe. Otherwise, those younger parts that are in the past, you literally carry them with you. Like rocks in the backpack. Mm. And so they spill over and bleed over into your relationships. And without really becoming your own medicine and showing those younger parts safety and learning the tools to become trigger proof, you're literally going around spinning your wheels in circles, thinking that others are, you know, are constantly going through the same narrative. I had a gentleman named Caleb. He cheated on his wife two years prior. He went through a mental breakdown. He was in a psych psych ward because he was uh, suicidal. He escapes from the psych ward, steals a car, and crashes it because he felt so much shame about what he did in his marriage. He went off the handle, and he realized that his father, from the past, his father who he had to go into uh, a lot of foster care because his father went off the rails, had mental disorder. He's like, Oh my God, I'm doomed. I'm turning into my father. When we started working together, I started teaching him these three different levels of the mental kind of landscape of the, uh, of your physiology of the nervous system, the ventral vagal connection, the sympathetic activation, mobilization and dorsal vagal shutdown. And I, because he was constantly going through s- scripts and narratives, just like you said, stories of his past. And soon as he saw the three different levels, he was able to see the stories happening separate himself from them and realize that they were just trying to keep him safe. And we got to the business of healing those attachment wounds, that younger five-year-old who didn't have a father, that 18-year-old who... Um, uh, was thrown in front of the, uh, was thrown, uh, you know, like in, in, a, in a therapist's office, told that he's going to end up like his father. We went back and he was the one to rescue that guy. Mm. And his Beck, Beck Depression Index, when we began, which was around 34, which is severely depressed, just within three months went down to a five, which is normal, normal variant. Oh. He was able to completely transform his mental well-being by understanding his nervous system in those three phases, not trying to talk himself out of these issues, but to show those younger parts safety when it wasn't available to him. And so it's all about learning how to become your own medicine. And he learned the trigger-proof toolkit. And that's basically what makes my heart sing is teaching people how to do the same.
0: Yeah, I love it. One of the things that I really enjoy as you're explaining that is you're pointing. And for the people listening to this podcast, you can't see what Dr. Neem is doing. But if you're watching this on YouTube, you would have seen him do it. But he, as you say, feelings, you're pointing at your chest. And you're not pointing at your, your head when you're talking about these things. It's in your body. You're feeling these things. And only, uh, must be, I've been an entrepreneur now for about 15 years. But only recently, I've learned to trust my gut a little bit more or more and making decisions with my gut and you know i I discovered your emotions are the most sophisticated guidance system in the universe it's more sophisticated than any gps or anything like that because intuitively you're moving towards pleasure and away from pain and i've had a bunch of uh, business relationships not go so great in the last few years and if i look back in hindsight it's always hard to join the dots in foresight when you're looking ahead because always things always look good at the time but as i look back in hindsight i think What was I feeling when I was having that conversation? Something wasn't quite right. I don't know what it was. And in my head, I would just rationalize these things and be saying, nah, we can work through those problems. We can fix that. That's a sales problem or that's a HR problem. We can fix that. But in my body, my body's like, no, man, that's not, not quite right. There's something not quite right there. It's taken me a very long time to be able to trust my intuition and my gut feelings But in the last couple of years, I've done that extensively. Like you, I kind of let a business go and started something completely new. Um, And I've done that a couple of times. And as a result of that, as a result of trusting my gut and stepping off the edge and kind of going all in, if you like, it's um, it's been prosperous. And I found prosperity on the other side of it, even in spite of the fear that you feel because you're trying to rationalize a decision. And what I discovered was my gut's telling me that it's right and my head's trying to rationalize why you shouldn't do that because it's trying to protect you. And it's almost like your ego's in front of it. It's like, don't do that, man, because you might be embarrassed or something might go wrong or something like that. And I'm like, God, it's like, God, why isn't life easier? Why can't this emotional thing be easier? but I'm glad that I'm developing the maturity to kind of acknowledge it and and speak about it out loud as well. And I, and I love what you do there. And that's a really, a really beautiful story that you're talking about. I wanted to ask you Nima about the overview method. Um, so that's a product that you've created. Maybe you could tell our audience a little bit about that and and what it actually is. Yeah. That is
1: a tool that actually gives you specific access to that inner wisdom as you just shared. It's like, okay, so, How do I trust my gut? How do I find what that is? It is a tool. It's a self-inquiry tool that is cognitive, so it's intellectual, and feeling-based to heal those old attachment traumas. And what you do is you take a trigger. It takes a trigger that you're going through, deduce the meaning you're making out of it, and go back and find the earlier wounding as a child that this is bringing up And through the connection that you have in that kind of active meditation Mm -hmm. with that younger part of you, you're going to access your intuition. And the very thing that you need right now that you're stuck with, let's say you're in a relationship limbo and you don't know which way to go. Uh, You don't, um, you have um, a decision to make. You don't know what your purpose is. You don't really, you're you're in the middle of a conflict. It's a tool to help resolve the conflict by accessing your inner wisdom using a cognitive-based and a somatic body-based approach to healing your attachment traumas. And so- um, the reason why I call it the overview method is because the overview uh, overview um, effect is the cognitive shift that astronauts would make when they would leave the planet. Okay, it's, it's kind of like if you see this picture up there. There's yeah. a picture of the Earth from the Moon, as yeah, you can see that it's one in my apartment. There, yeah, yeah. Um, it's when you go out into outer space, you come back. You're not the same person, Robert, mm. because you've seen the whole earth in a kind of a big picture spectrum it's like you know what it's like what what um what do we do like you know what do i do here well you get yourself out you take that 30,000 foot view and you ask yourself a whole series of questions and you come back down to earth a completely different person just like the astronauts would feel after they would you know, experience their mission, come back, they had this deep desire to do something meaningful with the, with the planet. And so that's what happens after you finish the overview method. It's a, it's a workshop that I have uh, that I do online uh, on Zoom. It's a training, five, six-hour training, mm-hmm. where I teach you how to ask the right questions and go into your body. And it's a journey in, inward bound to access your your inner guidance
0: yeah fantastic and if people wanted to get a copy of that or get hold of it or find some more information what's the best way
1: uh you just go to dr my website and uh register for uh, an upcoming workshop and uh i have a home study program there and i have my facebook group called trigger proof but the best way just go to my website and uh lots of content there and ways of of contacting me as well as well as instagram and Trigger Proof is my is my show, uh, sorry, on my Facebook group, and that's a really
0: great way of engaging. Okay, fantastic. And if you're listening to this as a podcast, just take a little peek at your phone, and the link to Dr. Nima's website is right there, so you don't have to go digging around in Google for it. And if you're watching this on YouTube, just scroll down, and the links are right there in the show notes. I also noticed on your website there you've got a mastermind. Can you tell us a little bit about that community?
1: Yeah, I have a mastermind of people who are – basically are noticing themselves coming up with the same patterns in their relationships. They're coming up as codependent narcissists. They, they haven't been able to really connect on an emotional level in relationship, uh, insecure, showing up insecure, needy, um, out of their power, um, and and their relationships aren't working or they're disconnected from their purpose. Uh, I have what's called, uh, my powerfully aligned mastermind, which teach people tools of, Becoming more intimate with their inner voice, so that they can have healthier relationships, and so it's a kind of a 90-day program where I you know, we with group calls and trainings to heal your attachment traumas and create healthy interdependent relationships, so that you don't you know it's ideal for people who are kind of usually people who are stuck in limbo in their relationships where they don't know whether they should stay or they should go. They do the work and then on the other side of it, they either really connect deeper in their relationship or they part ways as friends because they've dealt with all of the wounding that has kind of got them there Mm -hmm. and then now they can kind of make a confident uh, move forward with clarity
0: beautiful and once again ladies and gentlemen just take a little peek at your phone and all of the links to that mastermind are right there in the show notes for you and just scroll down in youtube as well and you'll see them right there tell us about your uh you, you do some interviews with people as well that's kind of cool um and you got some i, I was watching a couple before we we're doing this interview and you're really good at what what it is that you do you're really good at articulating your message and i can tell you're deeply passionate about it uh, maybe to share a little bit about that as well
1: yeah um I, anytime somebody has an inner, you know, they, they have questions, they, they have an audience and they want to talk about healing toxic relationships. They want to talk about, um, uh, getting to the root cause of trauma and, uh, really, you know, just breaking codependency, um, and setting boundaries. Um, I love speaking and teaching about that. I have a training that I'm giving for anybody who is interested, um, I'm, I, I gave it to you in the, the chat there. Yep. If you can put that in the show notes, drnima.com slash VW1. It's my 90-minute training on becoming trigger-proof. The steps you need to take. And um, there's a promo code there that makes it complimentary for you uh, for, uh, for the next 24 hours. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, anybody who is interested in really learning, I would say start there.
0: Excellent, excellent. And once again, just take a little peek at your phone and the details are right there in the show notes for you. Dr. Nima, thank you so much for coming on the Goal In podcast and sharing 45 minutes with us here today. It's been an absolute pleasure to get a little bit of an insight into your world, and I'm certain you would have piqued the curiosity of many of the listeners today, and they'll be heading over to your website to find out some more information. I can't let you leave the podcast without putting you in the Goal In podcaster's hot seat. It's a little sure. bit of fun. In this crazy time of uh, pandemics and lockdowns and not being able to go anywhere, one of my favorite things to do is to travel. And I know that you've traveled the world extensively doing what it is that you do. Do you have a, uh, a favorite place internationally that I should be putting on my bucket list that maybe I never heard of?
1: Uh my goodness. First of all, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, Mm -hmm. Uh, west coast of Vancouver Island is uh, Tofino, B.C., absolutely beautiful. It's kind of like a Byron Bay up here. Uh, It's our version of it. Um, Really, uh, this is – I've been all over the world. One of my favorite parts of the world is uh, British Columbia driving through the Rockies. You want to go from Vancouver to Calgary, make that trip up and uh, just stop at Lake Louise and Moraine Lake and see probably some of the most beautiful mountains and lakes that you've ever seen. The most gorgeous lakes you've ever seen. Highly recommend
0: you come and visit the Canadian Rockies. Very nice. We don't have any mountains in Australia at all. We have hills. (laughs) I remember the first time I went to New Zealand thinking... Wow, they're real mountains. They're real they're really mountains. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, we just definitely don't have that here in Australia, which is kind of cool. Tell me mate, what's a uh, what's a skill that you're working on right now that you haven't quite mastered?
1: Parenting. That is <laughs> uh, I'm about to get started in that. And uh, in about five weeks, I'm going to be a dad. So uh, I'll be hitting you up and saying, hey, mate, <laughs> what do I do here? But yeah, no, it's something I'm looking forward to learning. Learning. got to be
0: careful because little babies lull you into a false sense of security. Because all they do when they come out is sleep, right? I'll be sleeping for three months. You know, are you having a boy or a girl? We don't know yet. We figure a that surprise? out. Surprise. Yep. Oh, really? You know, I, I used to have the adage that men make men. And then apparently I make made a daughter as well. So that's... That's not true. So either way, it'll be a uh, a fun experience. Are you ready? Are you scared?
1: I'm ready. I'm scared. Uh, I'm looking forward to the to the challenge. Yeah. If I told you that uh, I'm overly confident, uh, I'd be lying. I mean, I'm I'm up. I'm here to learn. It's, I'm 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 up for the task. I'm I'm ready. You, you it's about good, time.
0: Good to go. Locked and loaded. Hey, have you have you practiced changing nappies on a doll and stuff like that? Yeah,
1: yeah. I've 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 done that with my niece and nephew.
0: I'm good there. What about I'm wrapping a okay baby and stuff? Can you wrap a baby? Not yet. No. Oh, well, there you go. Go Google that after the call here. You'll have to learn how to wrap your baby. And uh, tip for early players, uh, bathing, uh, bathing little babies. Uh, they don't like to be open in a bath. You know, like you see parents bathing their kids in the sink or something like that sometimes. Um, as, as our daughter got a little bit older, she hated the water. She hated being in a bath like that. And I just i googled it one day and i found there's pictures of little babies everywhere sitting in what looks like a flower pot and you put the you put a bit of water in the bottom like you know about 40 centimeters of warm water in the bottom and some soap in there and you sit the little kid in there and the little kid their legs are right up against the edge of the flower pot so they can't get away and it's the cutest thing ever we used to just like pick the flower pot up put her down and she'd play in the water like that for a little while. And it's a, it's a really cool thing. So have a look at that as well. Cause bathing can be a little bit of a stressful time, especially when they're new.
1: Beautiful. Thanks for the tip.
0: Really good one. Good one. All right. Last one. What's the, uh, what's the best piece of business advice that you'd ever received?
1: You can't have a business problem without a personal problem. And uh, the best piece of business advice is, uh, is to really Be as connected to your why as possible. When in doubt, connect to your why.
0: Love it. Love it. Fantastic. Dr. Nima, we've already given out your website, but if people want to connect with you directly, what's the best way? Via LinkedIn, Instagram, or the Facebook group? Instagram
1: is, is great and the Facebook group.
0: Okay, fantastic. And once again, ladies and gentlemen, just take a little peek at your phone and all of the links are right there so you don't have to go poking around for them. Thank you again for coming on the Goal In Podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure to host you here. I wanted to give you the opportunity for the the parting shot, the last piece of wisdom from Dr. Nima. What have you got for us today?
1: Well, uh, I wanted to end up saying that um, the most worthwhile thing you can do is to heal your attachment wounds the key to a healthy life, the key to healthy relationships is healed. You're healed past traumas. And you, you mentioned it with men. Uh, if men are struggling uh, now, you know exactly where to go is to go into the past and to, to change those stories, not just cognitively, but in the body and your future will open up beautifully
0: when you do. Love it. That is absolutely golden advice. Thank you so much for coming on the show again. We look forward to speaking with you soon. It's bye for now. Well, there you have it, folks. If you want to connect with Dr. Nima, just take a little peek at your phone and all of the links to his website and social media are right there. So you're not going to have to go poking around in Google forum. If you're watching this on YouTube, just scroll down. All of the details are right there in the show notes for you as well. Now, if you're just getting started with business online, you're going to need a bit of a hand. The internet's an amazing place, but with so much information out there, it can be hard to cut through the noise and really know who to trust. Learning to trust your intuition is part of creating an online business and going all in on lots of different things of at once is par for the course as well. If you want to give yourself the best possible op- opportunity, then you need to get your mindset right. Motivation is going to get you started, but it's discipline and a plan that's going to keep you going. And I've created a masterclass that will help you to stay on track and close the gap from where you are to where you want to be faster than you ever thought possible. So if you'd like to find out some more about that masterclass, please hop on over to goalin.com.au and you can check it out there. Now, if you've got a message or some feedback for the show, you can reach out via the Goalin In socials or you can send me an email at any time. Just visit goalin.com.au forward slash contact to send me a message right there. Well, that wraps it up for the show today. So whatever it is that you're working on, whatever you're doing, get busy, get to it and go all in. I'll see you next time.